Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Kanye West, as it's interestingly enough, he, I guess he pushes a lot of emotions with anybody when it comes to just bringing up his name, whether it's in the rap community or in the Christian community or the secular community, he seems to be somewhat of a buzzsaw. And we're going to be talking about what's going on lately in this update, I guess you would say, concerning his Christian faith that he had supposedly come to and where he is at now. And with me today to discuss this is president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. Great to be here. Ready to dig in. Yeah, I think this episode is going to be really, really important. This entire show really is going to be really, really important when it comes to dealing with a lot of the issues because, you know, as soon as Kanye had made Jesus is King, the album, right? I, I know you checked it out. You said, I want to see these lyrics, what it's all about. Uh, you, We checked into the pastor he was going to right away that we had heard about. We saw interviews by him, and we'll be showing clips a little bit later. But we realized right away there seemed to be some good things, but there also seemed to be some not so good, even from the start. Yeah, from the very get-go, uh, we raised red flags. At the same time, when somebody uh, professes Christ- the Christian faith, uh, we know that's you know you're very skeptical of certain people. Obviously, they were skeptical of the Apostle Paul when he was Saul, having uh, murdered a lot of Christians, and uh, when he claimed to be converted, it took them a little while to give him the right hand of fellowship. So uh, Barnabas kind of led the way and showed that he was legit. Uh, but it's interesting because when Kanye did this, I mean, he was knowingly. Paul said in First Timothy chapter one that he was a blasphemer. He was all these terrible things, but he says he did it in ignorance. Okay. So you would have hoped that Kanye did in ignorance, but he had a whole thing going on where he was mocking Jesus, pretending to be Jesus prior to that. And so when he claimed to be converted and admitting that he had made a pact with the devil and him and Jay-Z talking about, you know, uh, Jay-Z talking about lyrics just coming to him and Kanye upon his conversion saying, yeah, he was under the inspiration of the power of Satan. So now you, you have this supposed conversion. So any Christian in the right mind wants to be aware, hey, is this guy legit or not? You'd be unwise to just, you know, swallow anything. You, you wouldn't be biblical. The Bible says test everything. Hold fast to that, which is good. So we're commanded to test everything and everyone. We encourage people. I, I preach from the pulpit quite often, so I'm always saying things like test what I'm saying. Always test me by the Word of God, you know? So one of the things with Kanye that uh, was a little bit, and I, I thought, okay, this guy, and when we when we gave our show, we didn't say, hey, this guy's a demon in, in disguise as a saint. And at the same time, we didn't say rubber stamp, hey, this guy's legit. He loves Jesus. We said, Let, let's wait and see. And I thought that was a wise approach. And it didn't take long before he started, you know, hanging out with uh, Joel Osteen and started talking about how Mormons are Christians and embracing cultic type, you know, cults, whether it's a prosperity cult or the Mormonism. And it's like, ah, you know, okay, wait, you know, well, maybe he's being immature. Let's just check it out because he was getting, and I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit, uh, discipled a bit by a pastor out of John MacArthur's fellowship, not far from us. So, 
and we weren't agreeing with some of the advice, but we're saying, okay, let's just give it some time and so forth. But one of the things that disturbed me from the get-go is on Jesus King. He has lyrics about Christians who are you know, basically saying, I'm paraphrasing, but the first ones to judge and all that stuff, you know. has a whole song about that. I thought, isn't it interesting? The Apostle Paul, could you imagine when he first was claimed to be a Christian, started saying, you know what? Christians are the first ones to judge me. Just accept me. Even though I was, you know, totally blaspheming your king and everything. Uh, Paul said, no, he, the Bereans, when they checked out what he said, you know, to see with whether what he was saying, this comes, this is when he's preaching the gospel in Acts 17. But Paul just said, didn't say, you guys are a bunch of dunces, man. Just accept my message. Now, I'm fast forwarding after he was actually accepted, but he didn't just come down on people uh, because they were checking things out. It, it says in uh, the scriptures in the book of Acts uh, that he was more noble or they were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they searched out the scriptures daily to see if those things were true. And he commends them. And Paul says, if we, or an angel brings to you in Galatians chapter one, another gospel, let him be a curse. So Paul never looked at himself as, you know, I should just get a carte blanche, blanche acceptance, test everything by scripture. So when he started doing that, you know, that's a clue in right away that this guy doesn't want to be looked at, you know. I want people to check out what I'm saying because I'm, I'm, it's about God's glory. It's about his word. I'm nothing. We're nothing. All, all the glory to God. So that was a, a, bit, a bit of a put off early on. But then when he started having these evil associations, that's when everybody in this ministry were like, doesn't look good where he's headed. And it's gotten worse, sadly. And we were praying for him. Yeah, you know? no, no, legitimately. And, you know, we had heard some great things. I mean, in all honesty, especially he came out, you know, very pro-life. I mean, he's talking about it in murder in the in the womb that specifically that Planned Parenthood, he talked about even them literally trying to murder black babies, which is just simply yeah. fact. Things that we were grateful that he said. Yeah. But we had to set back so and say, who is this guy ultimately, you know? Yeah, and you know what? One thing I also wanted to point out, because this is something that, you know, Joe, as being a pastor for a number of years, and not only, you know, with Nick as well on the elder board over there, is on the elder board here at the church, and he also works at the rescue mission there. We have, at this church, a lot of the people that have come to Christ are those who have been heaped in some sort of sin, a lot of people from addiction and so forth. And, I mean, all of us were slaves to unrighteousness at one point, and the fact is, is that when it comes to somebody repenting and turning to Christ, I know that I know how you are because I was, <laughs> I was the Saul at one point as well. I know how you are, and the fact is, is that when somebody does truly repent, it's open arms. I mean, yeah. th- I mean that's the reality of it. And I know without a doubt the way the scriptures speak of it, it's open arms for those who are truly repentant. But it is a fact that we need to be careful and be discerning about the things that we accept into our meditations in terms of just. I need to be meditating on the word day and night, but now I'm listening to these new songs and let's see where it's going to go and so Amen. forth. Yeah, and the sanctification process isn't the same for everybody. It's the same in the sense that we all move toward Jesus. Uh, we become more Christ-like. We become transformed by his word. We be, uh, become, you know, uh, just the impartation, empowerment by the Holy Spirit transforms us. However, uh, not everybody has the same salvation experience. That We all have the same salvation experience that we are saved by the blood of Jesus. But as far as growth, you know, Paul is concerned about the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and the author of Hebrews with the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 5 about how they're still on milk and they ought to be on meat. In the Hebrews, he says, you ought to be teaching by now. And Paul's even, or the, the author, I should say, of Hebrews, looked frustrated when he's writing. He wants to teach about Melchizedek, but he can't because they're dull of hearing. So we recognize in the 1 Corinthians, uh, there's this also a frustration, but it's a fatherly or motherly type of frustration wanting to see a, a child grow who's unwilling to grow. And so at the same time, and from a pastoral perspective, you want to be, you want to be, uh, Patient. We call, Paul talks about be, being patient with the weak. So you want to be patient uh, when to, for someone to show growth. When someone is influencing millions of people and they come out of a 
uh, a very powerful uh, satanic influencing you know machine in the music industry and they've been associated with some of the top guys and indeed he was one of the top guys you have to say okay is this a ploy from the evil one you have to be a little, you have to be even more cautious than somebody just walks in your fellowship claiming to be a believer you always want to be cautious we also want to be prayerful and hopeful love hopes all things but you have to keep your eye on them and when he Jesus said my sheep hear my, hear my voice and one thing we do need to see in the sanctification process is that there is indeed movement there is indeed growth you know uh, and not going the opposite direction, which is what we call backsliding, which can eventually become uh, full-blown apostasy. And now he's doing, uh, you know, music, as you mentioned, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later, with Little Nas X, who had, you know, had a gay lap dance that he gave to Satan, as we talked about. And that's what you see in our little uh, image here. Both of those guys are in Satan's lap because, you know, the imagery says it all, that he's, you know, doing music with him now. And yeah. there hasn't been any repentance in Nas's, you know, yeah, yeah, no, definitely not. And one of the most important things, too, I think, as we talk about this is it seems like, especially at the beginning, at the very least, because you already mentioned it, I mean, he had talked about selling his soul for a Happy Meal and so forth. But then, in fact, according to the, the man who was pastoring him, I believe it's uh, Pastor Adam Tyson is his name. Uh, like you said, not too long, uh, too far away from about 30 minute uh, drive from where we're at right now. Um, and he had said exactly what Kanye actually had told him concerning where really, I guess, let's just say the entity had uh, brought him. He made it big in the industry and as a African-American rapper and just uh, all the popularity and all the fame. He just started chasing all the things of this world. But he said that it basically he just um, felt so uh, a weight of sin. And the guilt of sin brought him down low. And he would say, you know, the devil basically just brought him to a place where he just felt like he was in bondage to his sin. Well, I think that's a reality. And it's interesting, you know, and, and maybe you could talk to that a little bit, too, because it does seem, at least when he was talking to him, that he recognized that it was Satan specifically who had brought him to the place that he was at in his career. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not only saying that he had made a pact with the devil, sold his soul. Uh, but upon his uh, professing conversion, he acknowledges that the very industry that he was serving is satanic. He talks about how the producers, you know, and the, 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 the you know the, the singers, the rappers, and so forth that he knows. He says he admits they're being used by Satan. So for him, there was a slight, a, a strong, you know, line of demarcation for him in his mind. The way he presented it, as though he was making a clean break, uh, and that's what I look for in a professed, you know, professed repentance. And you did see that, but almost immediately afterwards, you saw him become defensive and you saw him, uh, you know, skiving, you know, embracing people that were involved in false doctrines. Again, we wanted to be, you know, a little patient and say, okay, patient, but not too patient because, you know, Jesus gave Jezebel time to repent, it says, and uh, there at the church of uh, Thyatira in Revelation chapter two, because she was leading his servants astray and uh, causing them to eat things, sacrifice idols and commit fornication. And he said, I gave her space to repent, but she repented not. And therefore, I'll cast her children into pr uh, prison and, and her to death and so forth. Very horrific uh, judgments because of unrepentant sin. So Jesus is patient. At the same time, we need to be patient. And we've shown patience. We haven't had a lot of, we, you know, we looked at it. And we mentioned a few things that were concerns. Uh, but now he's basically, you know, blatantly doing some of the devil stuff. 
Yeah, and we actually did two episodes specifically on Kanye West when because we got a ton of emails. We got a ton of messages. Guys, can you speak to this? What's going on? You know, people I think are, are reputable are saying this guy's definitely a born-again believer. People I think are reputable are saying there's no chance. People I think are reputable are saying maybe wait and let's see what kind of fruit we'll bear. And so we did two episodes, and one of them was specifically talking about our Christian, some of which we would say are not, Christian at all, are Christian leaders leading Kanye astray? And mm-hmm. I, I want to say this there was a lot of things that took place right at the point of when you guys just listened to uh, who was his pastor for a very short time, it seems, never a member, but was visiting the church uh, because of his assistant going there and then reaching out to him. And there was seemingly a time where he was trying to get the gospel out, at least with this pastor. In fact, he took him out to Utah, and he preached the gospel to thousands and thousands of people. And so there was a time where that was going on. But we also said, man, there seems to be some bad advice right away, even from Pastor Adam Tyson here. The advice uh, we think that he gave Kanye West here was not too sound. God, what, how does you know what is this album? Jesus is King. Mm. What are what are what, what is what does he want to do for God? Mm. You know, mm. I mean, I, he told me one time he told me that he wasn't going to rap. I said, why not? He said, well, that's the devil's music. Yeah. And I said, hey man, rap yeah. is a genre. That's right. Mm. You can rap for God. Yeah. I think he was already thinking about it a little bit, but I just definitely said, hey bro, I think you need to use your talents that God's given you yeah. and use that platform for God. I am rap. so glad you said that. Man, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, you know, not, not glad he said that. Yeah, sure. not not glad he said that. And I want to point out a couple of things so you can get some timelines on the Sunday service that he was doing. That's what they called it. Okay, the Sunday service that he was doing. He actually started before his self-proclaimed conversion. So he was already doing this very weird. In all honesty, I watched uh, David Letterman go through it. It was very strange. I was very confused at what on earth was really going on there. Uh, but nonetheless. He was already starting that. And then it seemed like he was telling his pastor, I want to get out of this because this is from Satan. And his advice was, no, go right back into it and use it for the glory of God. I, I just got to ask you, if he was sitting before you and this, this episode happened, he comes, he says, Satan, it, it broke me down. I, I know I'm in my sin. I'm in bondage. I'm doing the Satan's work with Satan's music. Da, 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 da. Would your advice have been, Get right back into the rap game and keep preaching. Yeah, you know, it's uh, that's a good question. Uh, when I became a Christian and I had been doing Satan's music and I'd been having the same kind of experiences that Kanye and, and Jay-Z were having, I was doing automatic writing uh, when they did Lucifer together, which gives glory to Lucifer and just, just praise to Lucifer, Satan. Kanye and Jay-Z did a song together. In fact, Kanye raps in, I'm sorry, Jay-Z does most of the rapping, and, you know, Kanye is the producer. And that's where Kanye was, you know, really being discovered by Jay-Z. He was, like, blown away by the beat he laid down and everything. And that's where Jay-Z talks about how the meek shall inherit the earth. He said he just wrote that line and never even knew it or heard it before. And he said, look, and he was just like, see how this just comes to us kind of thing. You know, it was a video on uh, the Internet where he's talking about this experience. And they know that there's... It, there's spirits involved and so forth. In fact, we played a clip at the beginning where, kind, where Jay-Z basically says, you know, I'm like Sinatra. You guys, I got these, these demons that come to me, you know, and so forth. So when you have this situation and then you have him claim to be uh, converted uh, and then you have him 
saying, hey, I'm, in this, I, 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 I'm done with this music. Uh, it's over, you know, it's, it's the devil's music. When I became a Christian, I literally kicked in my Fender amp, you know? I, I put a big hole in it, man, with my, my big foot, man. As, and it was a nice Fender amp. And I, got, I gave my guitar away. I got rid of it. And, uh, and I didn't want to do it, the devil's music anymore. And I played a very Eastern sound, very kind of a, you know, Eastern Hindu Arabic kind of blend, very beguiling melodies. Uh, and if somebody said, hey, you should go back to those melodies and that sound, it's such a good sound. It's just a genre of music. And I knew that with what I was doing, I was being satanically inspired, and I knew I was. Uh, I knew that I wasn't going to go back to that sound. I didn't want to be tempted to go back uh, to the vomit, you know. So I'm not saying a specific, I'm saying for him, being so personal to that genre of music and having an, a satanic anointing, uh, which he knew he did, and then to say go back to it as though God, as though that's God's will. You know, it's, they're basically saying, like, you pretty much know God's will, that God would want you to use that, that genre of music uh, which oftentimes, I'm not saying at all times, but oftentimes rap is very, comes off very proud and arrogant, you know, about self. I'm not saying uh, it can't be used another way. Uh, that's because it can be so much music can be very, styles can be very subjective. So I'm not really debating that. I'm just saying for Kanye, yeah, it was a stumbling block. And I would say, hey, Kanye, you know what? I'm glad you're <coughs> saying that, man. The best thing for you to do right now is just bury your head in the word of God, is to be discipled by godly men is to be all about gospel, be about Jesus, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. You know, we're, we're here to help you with that. You know, whatever that takes, we want to help you on your pilgrimage. And if you feel led as you're seeking God in time to glorify the Lord through music, be especially cautious because that was, you know, the guy that just goes to the bar all the time, that was his struggle. And well, you can go to the bar and be a witness, bro. And, you know, bar itself wasn't bad. Go be a witness there, man. Yeah, you, God can use you at the bar. What? <laughs> you know, that's, uh, yeah, some people go witness in a bar. But somebody who's had a struggle at the bar is enticed by the scene of the bar and will likely go right back to that scene when he makes those associations again, which is exactly what Kanye has done, is not good advice. I believe the pastor, you know, was sincere in what he's saying. I don't believe he was insincere, but I'm just answering your question. I don't believe that was godly advice. Yeah, and I think Galatians chapter 6 is very clear on that. You who are spiritual, you're supposed to restore a brother, but also you're not supposed to put yourself in a position where you would also be enticed yeah. by that and I, I think obviously it's biblical so it's sound advice to take right there in Galatians 6 I believe 1 and 2 there yeah. and you know what this kind of started I, I believe a timeline because we have the uh, Adam there I know he was traveling around Wyoming and so forth and still counseling and doing Bible studies with him but it seemed like and, and we've mentioned the name here but it seemed like uh, fangs immediately uh, yeah. from the prosperity gospel um, se seemingly got right into the neck of Kanye, right at the very beginning, really, just a couple months into this whole, you know, I want to, I, I go to expository preaching, uh, pastor stuff, he had done interviews saying that, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, I can't believe he knows what expository means, you know, I was pretty surprised, and then next thing you know, it's, you know, he's hanging out with Joel Osteen, and he's doing concerts at, you know, the Yankee Stadium and so forth, you know, it seems like the timeline was very rough for him, you know. Yeah, and that's why I, I want to say that I believe uh, the pastor Tyson was, I, I don't doubt he was sincere, you know, in, in, in trying to help the guy out. So I don't want to throw him under the bus because he gave what we would believe to be a bad counsel. I think it's something we need to learn from because he obviously took time out to try to disciple him. And you said the fangs, you know, from the prosperity movement, others are all probably just clamoring to him. And he's got all these voices in his head. And I don't know. I mean, we looked at it from the very get-go. I think when we did some shows on him, I think I said there's something like three options. You know, if I remember correctly, but one is that he's just a wolf in sheep's clothing coming in to devastate, you know, people in the body of Christ. 
or he's sincere, uh, or you know he's sincerely going to be double-minded. I can't remember how I how I parsed it, but I believe it's you know there's going to be something like that. Uh, some people are wolves in sheep's clothing, to be sure. You know when you have George Harrison with the Beatles and they're doing Hare Krishna and they're singing Hari Hari, but they first are singing Hallelujah. And people, AM radio, one of the biggest songs ever on AM radio. And then people are saying, oh, my sweet Lord, look, George Harrison loves the Lord. He's singing hallelujah. Christians are singing along. Then he switches to Hare Krishna, Hari Hari. And then he says later, yeah, I was getting the Christians to kind of beat to, you know, go, you know, go to the beat and kind of luring. He basically says he was seducing them and getting them to drop their guard to change from hallelujah to start singing the, the, about Hare, Hare Krishna, who is pretty the God of demons. And that's why the scriptures tell us not even to say the names of the other gods these other gods, unless we're, of course, exposing them, you know. So this is very dangerous because you do have people that have agendas, you know. And so do you have an agenda? Uh, at the very least, let's say you didn't have an agenda, but you have to be careful still. He's double-minded, you know. He deals with, you know, he's professing, you know, to be bipolar and so forth, dealing with spirits, you know, and so forth. And did he get delivered from these demonic entities or were they simply using him? Because oftentimes these entities are using people and these folks don't even know what entirely they're doing. So he could have been along for a ride as well. And we just have to watch these things. You have to be very, very careful. The last thing you do, though, is tell an alcoholic, you know, uh, someone who is drunk and, and saying, I got to stay away from alcohol. I can't go around it. No, you're okay. You can, God can use you in that environment. Wrong, you know. Uh, if you're totally, absolutely 100% delivered and you have some time and so forth, and God leads you to go back to talk to some people in that environment, that's one thing. But to just send someone right back in to the devil's den is dangerous. Yeah, no, I, I, I think... It, it was really sad to watch that because, as I said, I, I think it was just bad counsel uh, in that regard. Not that he wouldn't have chosen that anyways or found. And, and this is what, do, what does happen a lot of times is they'll find someone who will, will, will give them the advice to go right back into it. And, you know, I, it reminds me of I went to an event, you know, when especially in our town, there was a huge drug problem and we did a number of events uh, trying to share the gospel and, and bring in those and literally drove driven people to rehab centers and so forth, Christian-based always. Um, but nonetheless, I remember going to one event, and it was a prosperity preacher. And one of the things that he said, and it gave me a little bit of an insight of their line of thinking, because one of the things that he said, and this one I was a newer believer, he said, this is what we're praying for. This is what we're believing God for, that Floyd Mayweather would get saved and then he would come to our church and we would get that Floyd Mayweather money. And mm. I thought, man, you're talking about somebody's soul here. You know, we're talking about somebody, whether or not they're going to spend eternity with Jesus in bliss yeah. or an eternal destruction. And it, it's heartbreaking, but you kind of see that. And so when I saw that immediately, you know, one of the things we talked about, well, you're going to know where they're at typically by who they bring their friends, you know, who their friends are. A lot of times, you know, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Don't be unevenly yoked with non-believers. Um, you know, don't heap for yourselves. And it doesn't say that, but it says that in the end times that, that you'll have these people heaping for themselves, wanting false teachers to give them something to make their ears tickle. So these things are very serious. They're very dangerous. And so we saw the, the I guess, the writing uh, in the sand, so to speak. We saw uh, a lot of the etching out of, uh-oh, it seems like he's definitely going that other way. Maybe this guy, uh, you know, can pull him from that. But overall, in this timeline we've kind of been going through, we recognize that it was not good. It was not beneficial. A lot of these things that he got into right away, whether or not he had some sort of, as he said, uh, you know, whether it was demons were using him right away 
or whether or not he had some sort of semblance where he was actually being sincere. Um, we don't necessarily know. Only God knows precisely his heart, but we see the fruit of it right now. And I think that's the biggest key is recognizing that fruit. And we, we he's coming out with a new album, Joe. And one of the things that we've talked about is, hey, in the first album, it seemed like he there was rumors that he said, I wouldn't let anyone who was in premarital sex even get involved on the album. And I wouldn't let him come into the studio and I wasn't doing this, blah, blah, blah. But now Donda, which is the name of his mother who passed. Yeah, before we get into that, I just want to make sure I don't, uh, you know, that I I clarify one point. I'm not saying that if you come out of the music scene and you were involved in satanic music and you were producing it, which I was, that you can't play Christian music in the future, you know. Uh, Right away, you should start praising God, you know, start worshiping God and using your voice to God's glory. But should you seek commercial success right away? Should you seek, you know fame at all. You really shouldn't seek fame, but you should seek God's glory. And if we're really seeking God's glory and it's really about Him, then it's going to be purely about Him getting the praise, Him getting the worship and His direction. And and years later, I mean, my wife uh, got married. Uh, I think I married a couple years. My wife bought me an acoustic guitar, uh, began to play acoustic guitar and sing praise songs and just worship the Lord. I was always already praising Him all the time, man. Uh, I love to praise the Lord. And now I'm singing praise songs, and I began to write praise songs. I'd get on my knees uh, before I'd write and seek the Lord, make sure everything was fully scriptural, and wrote some songs that the Lord really blessed me with, some that have gotten uh, Christian airplay. Uh, wrote songs with Doug Stableton and Lead Me to the Rock and others, and uh, but purely biblical, encouraging in Christ. And um, so I'm not saying that, you know, it would have been nice to see Kanye wait some time and make sure that he was being sanctified and that... He had not, didn't have impure associations. Uh, so he got caught up in some stuff and some weird stuff came out. So it was like, okay, maybe there's an opportunity still because we're supposed to be loving and caring and kind and merciful. We want to be that way uh, toward professing brothers. But the red flags just kept going up. So you're just praying, okay, okay, a lot of the evil influences that are upon him. But then when you, we go to this, uh, well, then you find him before he ends up in the, along with, ended up in the lap of the devil. I mean, he, before you even get to, we get to Nas X, man. This uh, song you're talking about is just sad. Yeah, no, I, I think yeah, this is a huge thing for us to to understand because, as you said, you're not saying, oh, you can never go back and do that. But it does seem it's really dangerous for people, especially, I mean, you're talking about somebody who's in the limelight, uh, exposed, and the fact is, if he was a believer, you would have saw his sanctification out. And sometimes that can be, you know, a little mucky, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm sure after I came to Christ, if somebody was watching me on film all the time, taking pictures of me, it would have been horrible for people to watch whatever sanctification process as a new believer. But nonetheless, it was a process that would have taken place. And, you know, I, I, yeah, I've, I've thought about uh, Manny Pacquiao, uh, for example. And I remember when he first said, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian now. He asked that he be taken down from any of the alcohol ads he had done. And I remember they had written a story and it was a total messed up thing that happened. To, it got to the place where he was kicked out of the Grove. And they said, you're not allowed. Yeah, I remember that. You're not welcome at the Grove. And the reason for that was that somebody had wrote an article and basically they had asked, well, if he reads Leviticus, he's going to see you're supposed to stone homosexuals, right? Obviously, that's not for today. That was under a theocratic system. But nonetheless, that went from there to, as fake news tends to go, this is something that Manny Pacquiao actually said, that he wants to stone homosexuals. Yeah. And, basically, witness, yeah. and basically, when he was asked of that, about what happened. He said these words, and I thought, wow, that actually makes me think he might be serious about his walk. 
And he said specifically, I haven't even, I haven't read that book yet. And I thought that's interesting because I know reading my Bible, that's the first thing that happened at conversion was I want to buy a Bible. That was the first thing that I thought I need to get a Bible. Book me the Bible or Leviticus? Well, Leviticus too. But, yeah, that's uh, probably the hardest. No, Leviticus the one. There's only one Leviticus. <laughs> yeah. Leviticus is probably the hardest book of the Bible to read. So. Yeah, yeah, but there are nuggets there. there. Yeah, amen. Yeah, the Lord definitely used it and you get to see a lot of pictures and it gets deeper and deeper that's as right. you study the scripture. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.